You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Well, Brain, our Miami Dolphins are 0-2. Yeah, uh, and... You can't say that we're we're very surprised. No, I'm not terribly surprised. I'm a little disappointed, particularly because the Dolphins were in with a shot at, at winning this game against the Bills today. Had their opportunities, in spite of the fact that this was uh, probably defensively one of the uglier games that you've seen from the Dolphins, which is really saying something compared, you know, when you consider what the 2019 season looked like, but yeah, the Dolphins were there with a chance. They they were within striking distance in this game and in fact had a lead in the second half, but ultimately uh, it doesn't work out for them and your Miami Dolphins fall to the Buffalo Bills by a final score of 31 to 28 in their home opener. So a disappointing result for the Dolphins. We're going to be getting into all of that today. We're going to be taking a look at the game, talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, giving our general thoughts. Uh, But before we do that, we have a sponsor we have to talk about, Brain. Oh, exciting. This is very exciting. The Same Old Dolphins show is is brought to you by Manscaped. Brain, are you familiar with Manscaped? Uh, Not only am I familiar... I have uh, I've just started to to briefly test out some of their products. Oh, let's get into this. We got it. We okay. I'm ready for this review here. So, talk to me. Did you did you go to work with the lawnmower 3.0? I uh, I did some hedging. I guess you could say. Oh, fantastic, fantastic! And you didn't have to get like the Brutus the Barber beefcake clippers out. Oh, thank God. Thank God I didn't have to do that. These are much more precise than the than the Brutus the Barber beefcake clippers. I hear they've got a plastic blade, so it's uh, you know, it's kind of more gentle on your business. Yeah, it's always a little nerve-wracking when you go down there, but it's nice to know that they they had your your stuff in mind and uh it's as it's as safe as you can get. I when listen. You're, uh, I, th- there is nothing more important to me. There is nothing that gives me peace of mind more than knowing that a company somewhere has my junk in mind. Exactly. Yes. So that's fantastic. So you're uh, you're big fan of the lawnmower 3.0, so that you can you can groom your below the waist area successfully, and I'm sure that uh, your your lovely wife 
is probably very happy about that. I used uh, I used the ball toner. Uh, what are your thoughts on the ball toner? Because I've used the ball deodorant, but I haven't used the toner yet. Well, you know, I'm not sure what the difference is. I mean, it, it, I can tell you that my boys aren't sticking to my leg. If that makes you, if if that means that it's doing its job. Well, that's good. I mean, I don't know how much you have to deal with it up in, you know, parts unknown upstate New York, but here in South Florida, it's pretty much a regular occurrence. You got to be, you got to be on top of things to keep things from getting swampy down there. So uh, I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, as far as the deodorant is concerned, you want to smell nice down there. You don't want to smell funky and uh you know this keeps you from from smelling funky it's well that's good it's good that uh it's good that you are not feeling smelling funky because that's that's helpful so so far uh, i'm feeling pretty good with my manscaped gear and listen i think it's it's something that i would recommend to everybody because it's it's helpful you know, it, it promotes good hygiene. It promotes, you know, taking care of yourself. And it's if you are out there seeing somebody or maybe you're not seeing somebody special, but you're hoping to find that somebody special, it'll uh, help them think a little bit better about you because they're like, oh, this is a guy that knows how to take care of his junk. And there is nothing that that makes a woman feel better about you or a man for that matter. Another guy out there. Nothing that's going to get them more excited about you than knowing that you take care of yourself. So what we would suggest to everybody is to head over to manscaped.com. And if you use the promo code DOLPHINSTALK, you can get 20% off and also free shipping. So you can get some all kinds of gear. You can get the Lawnmower 3.0, which is the electric razor that is designed specifically for your below the waist part. You can get the ball toner. You can get the ball deodorant. You can get the crop mop, which are basically crop mops are basically some wipes that you can use on your, uh, on your boys. They got the crop cleanser, the foot duster. They got a cologne and they've got a razor called the plow 2.0. So if you're like trying to get a little bit closer shave, anyway, we encourage everybody to head over over to manscaped.com, use the promo code DOLPHINSTALK, and you will get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. And so what's better than ordering some stuff to shave your balls? Getting it shipped to you for free at a 20% discount. So head over to manscaped.com and use the promo code DOLPHINSTALK. Then after you've done that, head over to Twitter.com and smash the follow button on Amplified to Rock. That's at Amplified to Rock. That's me. Follow at Aaron the Brain. That's A.A. Ron the Brain. At Same Old Dolphins. And then head over to Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. Like the Same Old Dolphin Show over there. And then finally, go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Download, rate, review, and subscribe to the same old Dolphin Show on all those sources. And last but certainly not least, head to DolphinsTalk.com every single day. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins, and every episode of the same old Dolphin Show can be found right there. So make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com every single day. Brain, let's get into it. The Miami Dolphins lost to the Buffalo Bills 31-28. Disappointing loss. 
Give me your initial takeaways before we get into all of the uh, all of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, without going too much into specifics and just keeping it big picture, my biggest takeaway from this is that the Dolphins hung with a very good team, had opportunities to win the game, but at the end of the day, just weren't good enough. Uh, at times in this game, they looked absolutely overmatched, and to go into the locker room at 17-10, y- you felt like, man, I don't know how we're only down a touchdown in this game considering how bad it looked because it felt like we should have been down three scores, but there we were going into the locker room down one score and coming out with the ball in the second half. So you felt, well, this this could be a lot worse. And then they came out in the second half and yeah, we had that weird, you know, it's always weird when there's a weather delay because it doesn't happen too frequently, but we had that lightning delay and you know, the Dolphins came out and they outplayed Buffalo in the third quarter. We got a lead in the fourth quarter. But at the end of the day, it, it's really like what Brian Flores said in his post-game press conference. You got to finish in this league. If you want to win games, there's nothing more important than finishing in the fourth quarter. And like he said, this team wasn't good enough on the offensive end, the defensive end, or on special teams. Which is typically a formula for not winning a football game. That's precisely what happened. Just, just in general. I mean, it's it's not like they weren't good in stretches, but just in general. Look, when you don't do enough to win, the 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 saying is is you win as a team, you lose as a team. So you you know you, we're gonna pick apart blame. We're gonna get into the bad and the ugly. We're gonna get into the good. But at the end of the day, the team as a whole just wasn't good enough. They certainly were not, and it was you know like I said, it was a disappointing game, a disappointing result. But there were, it was not without some things that I think, you know, were something to be optimistic about. And I'm, listen, this is certainly not, we're not trying to be Dolphins apologists because ultimately at the end of the day, the Dolphins lost the game. Uh, but I think there were certainly some things to be encouraged by. And, and among those things was the fact that they fought and were in it. They were in this game. You mean all the way to the end. And yeah, I mean, you never, you know, a, a lot of people don't consider it to be a close game, even when you're scoring a touchdown and, and, hitting a two-point conversion and then, you know, having to recover an onside kick in order to, you know, really have an opportunity to win the game. But they were they were still in it at the end. And so that's certainly a good thing. Um, and we'll, we'll get into some other positives in, uh, in just a little bit. But, yeah, as you mentioned, it was just kind of a disappointing day in general. So let's let's get into it with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Why don't we start with the good? Um, what was what do you think was some of the good stuff for you, Brian? Well, you got to start with Mike Gesicki. Uh, he was downright uncoverable, and even when he was covered, I mean, you called it was this. just you called this right before the game. Yeah, I did. I, I mean, and my, my thought was, look, we're going up against a team that has some problems at linebacker, at the linebacker position as far as injuries. Devontae Parker's injury status kind of up in the air. We weren't sure really what to expect from him. We knew he was active, but we weren't sure, you know, was he going to be a decoy? Was he really going to be effective? Was he going to be able to make it through the game? So, you know, I felt going in, Mike Kosicki was probably going to be a heavy part of the game plan. Uh, 
Turns out Devontae Parker actually played pretty well. I would say he's part of the good as well. The fact that, look, he looked healthy and he looked himself and he played pretty well in this game. But Mike Gesicki was just high degree of difficulty catch after high degree of difficulty catch. I think he caught eight of nine targets in this game for 130 yards and the touchdown there at the end of the game. I mean, that was that was all pro level stuff there by Mike Gesicki. Yeah, he was he was a stud today. You said he would be a top five fantasy tight end this week, and uh, it it seems like that's the case. I mean, he wasn't quite putting up Tyler Higby numbers today because Tyler Higby had himself a ridiculous fantasy game. But uh, listen, when anytime you you're getting 130 yards, eight receptions, and a touchdown from your tight end in fantasy, you're feeling pretty good. So Gesicki was really good today. I thought Isaiah Ford was really good today. He had a nice game, uh, seven receptions for 76 yards. He was finding those seams. We talked about that in the preview show. He was finding those seams in the Buffalo zone, and he was able to come up with some big catches. Um, So I I thought that was pretty encouraging. And I I also got to say, Miles Gaskin, uh, I – you know, I know the Dolphins are kind of doing this thing where they're running the hot right in the hot hand, but seven carries for 46 yards, averaging 6.6 yards a carry. He also added six receptions for another 36 yards. It's pretty good stuff. Obviously, you want to yeah. you want to see more. You want to see the Dolphins get more out of out of their running back, but I mean, that's that's pretty good. And it appears that he is becoming sort of the lead guy out of the Dolphins backfield, at least in these first couple of weeks. Brita got uh, got himself into the mix today and performed pretty well also. So, uh, listen, some encouraging signs there. And then the final thing that I'm going to say in the good category, and then you can comment on these things, Brain, because I hear you trying to jump in there. <laughs> I got to say, Ryan Fitzpatrick had himself a good game. Ryan Fitzpatrick was 31 of 47 for 328, a pair of touchdowns. Uh, He he was sacked three times, and most of those sacks were really coverage sack situations. Um, The Dolphins receivers at times were were struggling to get open. That's not to say that there isn't a worrying sign with Fitzpatrick because I noticed in this game that there was, there has been a noticeable drop off and zip on his passes. His passes seem to be floating in there a little bit more than normal, which is kind of a worrying sign, but largely a very solid game for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick had this game and also that the, that it's a short week coming up. I think we've got to, again, pump the brakes on the Tua stuff. I mean, there were people at halftime demanding that Tua needed to be out there for the Dolphins. And I'm like, what? Why? There's the Tua would, I mean, as far as I could tell, Tua would not have made a significant difference unless he was able to go out there and cover Stefan Diggs, which we're going to get into in a minute. But Ryan Fitzpatrick has done more than enough to keep his job at this point, and it's not even really a controversy as far as I'm concerned. Uh, So a solid game from Fitzpatrick. So in general, the offense performed better today, and that's a positive. Yeah, I was going to say, do you notice a trend here with all of these, uh, these goods? Do you notice a trend? Yeah, I did. Sorry, I was taking a drink. I got an ice cube in my mouth. 
Oh, oh, well, that's that's great. Always, always good to take a drink in the middle, you know, and, and have an ice cube in your mouth. Always good to be chewing on something in the middle of a podcast. Well, listen, but- I was I, I thought you were going to talk for a while. Normally, that's what you do. I say something and then you go and talk for like 25 minutes and then I come back. I talk for 25 minutes. I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Go ahead. Continue with your with your thought. Got like a sibling spat here. This is fit. this um, is why this is why we we do the show together. We've got yeah. a natural chemistry. Well, after you you took everything because you decided to you know harp on every player that had a good game. I'll I'll, I'll keep th- this isn't all offense, but um, there's still sort of a trend if you follow. Uh, Jason Sanders and and Matt Hawk had. Really good games. Matt Hawk, five punts of the 52-yard average three times, pinning the Bills inside the 20. This, that was, uh, that was, that actually, you know, was pretty big in this game at times. I thought, and, and that's certainly going to be, uh, big if he can continue to do that, uh, over the course of the year. But Jason Sanders, uh, the 52-yarder right before the half, and then, uh, what was it, like a 42-yarder or a 45-yarder, uh, which ultimately, uh, well, I guess, did it, yeah, it was like a 45-yarder uh, at, a, at another point that gave the Dolphins the lead. Yeah, so, well, I it mean. Well, didn't, it, didn't, uh, it didn't give us the lead. It made it 17-13. Gotcha. Yeah, but it was a big field goal in the second half. It was on the opening drive of the second half when the Dolphins put together a really good drive, but then it stalled out to get that field goal really set us up to where we would ultimately take the lead when we went up 20 to uh, twenty to 17. So Jason Sanders with, with a big game too. But I guess the trend, and this will segue right into the bad, you didn't hear us say anything about the defense in the good. No, you you certainly did not. And I guess that should take us right there into the bad. And I mean, it's a toss up. It's it's sort of 50-50 whether you want to talk about the defense in the bad or you want to talk about the defense in the ugly. But we'll we'll start with the fact that early on in the game, I think it was on Buffalo's first possession, Byron Jones goes down with a non-contact injury. Uh have we heard definitively what it was? I think it was a groin issue and it was the fact that he went down it was a non-contact injury I was immediately concerned he never came back and we still are unsure of the status as of the recording time here Sunday evening so that sort of set the tone from there suddenly Nick Needham is getting a lot more playing time and Noah Igbenogany is being put on Stefan Diggs Xavier Howard said in the post-game press conference that it was a it was a decision that the coaches made. Flores made the decision that they wanted they did not want Xavier Howard on Stefan Diggs. And so it fell to Noah Igbenogany to cover Diggs, and Diggs just absolutely went off in this game. I mean, Diggs ended up with eight receptions, 153 yards, and a touchdown. It was a rough day for for Igbo, really. I mean, it was just a very, very tough day for him and a tough day for the defense in general because, and I think this is probably the bigger of the problems, was yes, the, the secondary sort of was not as good as we expected, but when you lose one of the major players in that secondary, I guess that's not surprising. But the bigger issue is the fact that the Dolphins got almost no pressure at all 
on Josh Allen. Josh Allen had almost all day to throw the ball. And quite frankly, the times where he ended up missing passes were just because he's Josh Allen. I mean, if this were a better quarterback, I mean, this could have been even worse than it was. As it, as it was, Allen ended up 24 of 35 for 417 and four touchdowns. I mean, he just pretty much torched this Dolphins defense and it was a combination of things. It was the secondary not being able to, you know, not being able to make the, find, cover their men when they needed to. And it was the defensive line failing to get pressure on. And those two things combined equal for a very, very long day for your Dolphins defense. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess I can't say that that's, uh, that, you know, because that's your bad. Uh, I can't say, I'll, I'll come up with another bad, but I just want to touch on it. Um, I think they, look, they. I think that they potentially really just kind of overestimated what they had back there. Uh, in the, I said in the preview show, one of the more intriguing things about this game was that because I expected Miami to put so much emphasis on stopping the run because of what happened last week, I really thought, look, we're going to see Miami. Look, they say they, they spent all those resources in the off season on this secondary and on this defense in general. They're going to put them man to man and we're going to see if we can, you know, handle it. And, Look, it, it hurt to lose Byron Jones because Byron Jones is your best one-on-one man cover corner. So that obviously hurts you when your game plan is to go man coverage. But they decided, hey, we're going to stick with the game plan. We're going to go next man up. And so it was Noah Igbenogany against Stefan Diggs. It was Nick Needham in the slot against Cole Beasley. Uh, and those guys just were destroyed in those matchups. Xavier Howard did not have a great game by any stretch, but he held his own against John Brown for the, for the most part. But it was just all day Josh Allen picking on Nick Needham and Noah Igbenogany. And look, the Bills have good receivers. <laughs> Those, Stefan Diggs is a, is easily a top 10 receiver in this league. He's one of the best route runners in the game. He's a burner. Uh, in some of those routes, uh, Igbenogany didn't have terrible coverage on them, but at the end of the day, just couldn't make the play. And Stefan Diggs did make the play. And then on other plays, he was just flat out roasted. Uh, and then, Nick Needham was overmatched against against Cole Beasley in man coverage, so it was bad. In the second half, it was clear. In the third quarter, the Dolphins came out, and they started playing a lot more of a soft zone designed to keep things in front of them, and you saw the Dolphins make a couple of stops, and that is what ultimately led that, coupled with the Dolphins getting things going on the offensive side of the ball, that's what led to the Dolphins getting a lead in this game, but ultimately, at the end of the day, in the fourth quarter, when they needed to finish, it was Noah Igbenogany getting roasted by Stefan Diggs. And then 
unclear as far as who to blame on the John Brown touchdown. Uh, ultimately, it looked to me like Xavier Howard, look, Xavier Howard was beat on the play, but it also looked like he expected to have safety help over top and he was trying to take the trail route and Bobby McCain was late to get there. And so John Brown got behind the defense and then Jay, uh, Josh Allen put the ball where it needed to be. And you just cannot give up those kind of big plays in the passing game, particularly in the first half, the the number of times that they gave up those sort of big plays on third and long, that just cannot happen in this league. Uh, so uh, definitely a bad there um, by by the Dolphins. And look, I, I I don't really even know where else to go with the bad. So I, I don't want to make something up on the fly. Look. We're we're in agreement. The, the bad here was the Dolphins secondary. It really, really was. It, it was just a. It rough would be day less than it, it would be nothing but uh, but disingenuous if we said that the that the bad wasn't the Dolphins secondary and just agreed on it. Yeah. It, it listen. That's what it was. That's what it was. It was bad, and and it was, you know, and like I said, it was a toss up between making that the bad or making it the ugly because it was a rough. Rough situation. So regardless, the Dolphins get torched, and uh, that is the bad. So that means that it's time to move to the ugly. I'll let you go first here, Brain. What is the ugly in this game for you? So I got two things in mind, but um, I think I think I'll I know where you're going to go with your ugly. So I'm going to keep mine. Um, sort of where I mean we touched on it, but it's the Byron Jones injury. If he's out for any stretch of time, look, you, you hate that. You just spent a lot of money on him. He was the guy that you spent the most money on this offseason. And uh, he's he's a huge piece to what they want to do in playing man coverage and being a lockdown defender. And we really didn't get to see what he can do in this game because he came out on the, you know, after the third play of the game. So, uh, losing Byron Jones, we hope that, uh, it's not going to be anything too serious and that he'll be back, uh, sooner rather than later. But I would say that that's the, the ugliest, uh, thing to come out of this game. It certainly is ugly. I'm curious where you think I'm going to go. Do you want me to just throw it out there and see throw, if you throw it out there and let's see if that's what I, what I'm thinking. I, I'm going to say Preston Williams. Yeah, you're exactly right. Preston Williams. Boy, you got to make that catch. And, and that's actually kind of part of, that is one part of a larger aspect in this game. But yes, fourth and goal. I mean, the pass was maybe a little bit behind Williams, but you're oh, a receiver, you're a receiver in the, in the National Football League. You can't put that on somebody else. The ball went right through his hands. Uh, Dolphins at fourth and goal. Fitzpatrick throws the pass, Preston Williams goes right through his hands, and the Dolphins do not score a touchdown. And at that point, it was a 17-13 game that would have put the Dolphins in the lead at that point. Of course, it turns out to be okay because the Bills Dolphins hold the Bills to a three and out and then end up going down the field and scoring a touchdown to take the lead anyway, but... That drop, I mean, really, that entire goal-to-go sequence was a pretty rough one for the Miami Dolphins, if if I'm being honest. Uh, on, on first and goal, 
They hand the ball to Jordan Howard. He can't get into the end zone. On second down, Ryan Fitzpatrick runs to the left and tries to run it himself. Doesn't get in. On third down, Fitzpatrick throws the incomplete fade to Gesicki in the back corner of the end zone. And finally, on fourth down, Ryan Fitzpatrick throws an incomplete pass to Preston Williams. It should have been a touchdown, but Williams drops it. That sequence of plays on that to goal to goal situation is no good. You've got Jordan Howard. Give him the ball. Give him more than one opportunity there. You, you, that you've got a better percentage chance of getting in the end zone, handing the ball to Jordan Howard than you do with Fitzpatrick running a boot and trying to run it himself or throwing that fade to Mike Gesicki. And yes, obviously the fourth down play to Williams was executed correctly and Williams just dropped the ball. But again, much higher percentage chance of popping it, hop, punching it in the end zone. If you give the ball to Jordan Howard there, I, I just don't understand why you're only giving him one shot at it on this goal-to-go situation. But that was the third consecutive drive where the Dolphins had moved down the field against the Bills and ended up, you know, with a drive stalling out. Obviously, they had the 52-yard field goal, the 45-yard field goal, and then they got down there and they they had the turnover on downs. It's it's no good when you've got three consecutive drives when your defense is getting torched the way they had been and you're not able to complete a drive. It's it's pretty frustrating. So so that is my ugly for this game. And listen, I that would have been a big moment for Preston Williams and the Dolphins had he made that catch and scored the touchdown. You can't say the Dolphins that would have won them the game because yeah. I I heard people saying that 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 Preston Williams not making that catch that would have won the Dolphins the game. It's like, no, there were there was an entire quarter left. There were still two minutes left in the third quarter. At well, that first point. off, and then yeah. the Dolphins went in and took the lead later anyway, and still lost. Right, and and the the thing, look, it's not. You can't just say, well, we would have scored seven points there, so that's seven points that we didn't get. It would have changed the situation of the game. Because if you remember, look, the Bills got the ball there, you know, with their backs to the goal line and went three and out. And then the Dolphins drove down and scored right there to take the lead. If if the Dolphins score right there, it's a completely different situation for both the Bills offense and the and the Dolphins defense. And even if the even if the Dolphins defense were to hold them to three and out there, the field position is completely different in that spot. Where whereas instead of the Dolphins only needing to go about fifty yards to to take the lead, they probably would have needed to go closer to seventy to eighty yards to take the lead. And there's no guarantee that that would have happened. Um so you just can't make that that leap like that. The same way, you know, people are saying, you know, people are turning this on to Brian uh Brian Flores and they're saying, look, myself, I probably kicked the field goal there based off of what we looked like in, in on the first three downs. Uh, in that in that uh, sequence, 
Uh, but if we would have kicked the field goal, people are like, well, we lost by three points. That's the difference in the game if we take the field goal right there. But again, it changes the whole scenario of the game. There's no really w- real way to, to say that. At the end of the day, though, you got to make that catch. And look, this is... Uh, this is the second week in a row that Preston Williams has had a big drop, even in the first quarter of this game, uh, where Preston Williams made his only catch of the game, and it was a really big catch that set up the Dolphins' first touchdown. It went to review because Preston Williams, when he went down, didn't hold on to the ball. That could have very easily been overturned. Uh, so this is becoming a trend here, and with the emergence of Isaiah Ford as being a really reliable possession receiver, and with Devontae Parker on one end being a guy that you know that you can count on, you're you're starting to hear people say, you know, should Preston Williams be demoted on the depth chart. I don't think I'm there yet because I still kind of like the idea of Parker on one side, Williams on the other, and Isaiah Ford in the slot. Because at the end of the day, I have no faith in Jakeem Grant, who has his own problems uh, holding onto the ball. He almost muffed a punt today. uh, And he's, look, it's an adventure with Jakeem Grant you want him to run forward. It's always exciting. Sometimes it turns out really good. Sometimes it turns out really bad, but it's always exciting. But I wouldn't say that Jakeem Grant strikes me as this, you know, reliable guy, but ultimately for this Dolphins offense to be where, where we want it to be, if Preston Williams is going to be a starting receiver, he's going to need to be more reliable holding onto the football and especially in big spots on fourth downs, on third downs, and in the end zone where you're talking about the difference between scoring points and not scoring points. In this league, this is how you win and lose. That's that's winning and losing a game is can you make those catches or do you drop them? And uh, it's just not winning football when you're dropping touchdown passes. It's certainly true. And there's every chance that... If that kind of if this trend continues, that there is going to come a time where it's not going to be Preston Williams who is put in that spot to make that catch. So before we wrap, I think the other thing that we sort of need to talk about here, because there is it's really interesting to feel the vibe of the Dolphins fan base right now, because I think you have some people who are more in the camp like us that are disappointed, sure, but understand that this is still part of an ongoing process and are not ready to burn the house down quite yet. But you have some people who are flying off the handle and are completely turning against the organization because they've (laughs) lost two football games to two very good football teams. Let's just put that out there. It's not like the Dolphins lost these games to, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Detroit Lions. I was going to say the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the Jaguars, who we'll talk about later, are we'll find actually out that <laughs> much better than we thought they were. Well, but, I don't know. They're 0-2. But at any rate... Oh, actually, they won. They're 1-1. One one. They're 1-1. One they're 1-1. One one. But... You know, we didn't lose to the Jets. The fact, yeah, exactly. We didn't lose this game. We didn't lose to the Jets. And the fact is, we've the Dolphins have lost these two games by a combined 13 points. Again, 
I'm not making apologies for anybody, but you know, there are a lot of people that are very upset with this fan base right now. And, you know, and I think there is some of that anger is justified when you look at how poorly this defense has performed. After week one, the concern was this Dolphins team can't stop the run. And so we were expecting the Bills to come into the Dolphin, uh, to, to Hard Rock Stadium and run all over the Dolphins. Instead, the, the Bills decided they were going to just torch the Dolphins through the air. In fact, uh, yeah, we were talking about we thought Josh Allen was going to run all over the Dolphins because he's an athletic quarterback that can run. He ran four times for 18 yards. He didn't have to run the ball because he was torching the Dolphins through the air. So now the Dolphins have been torched on the ground and torched through the air. And I mean, for the ma- for the record, they still gave up 111 yards on the ground to the Bills today. So it wasn't like the defense was significantly better against the run today than they were last week. This was a defense that just looks like right now that they're just getting beat up. And so the question is, what does Josh Boyer and Brian Flores, what do these guys need to do to get this defense playing, uh, you know, competently at this point? Because at this point, it's been, it's been pretty rough couple of games for the Dolphins defensive unit. The answer is just a few days away. It's playing the the Jag. And I look, I know the Jaguars put up some points and Gardner Minshew is looking good. But look, uh, we are much better suited to go up against uh, that Jacksonville Jaguars offense than uh, the Patriots and the Bills. Uh, both of those teams, and, and honestly, I, look, I want to, I want to say this. As far as the Dolphins defense, the first half was extremely ugly. We did not do a thing well. We didn't stop the pass and we didn't stop the run. It was like things picked up right where we left off against, uh, New England where we couldn't stop the run and the, the, the interior of the defensive line was getting sliced right through and then they weren't setting the edge and Josh Allen was breaking free. Uh, and, and then at the, and then, then you add in what Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley and these guys were doing. And it was really, really, really bad. It was worse than what we saw in week one, but you got to give the Dolphins coaching staff credit and you got to give the Dolphins players some credit. When they came out in the second half, the Dolphins defensive line did a far better job, uh, to, to stop the run. I believe Buffalo only had about 20 yards rushing of their 111 yards in the second half. Uh, they had over 90 yards in the, in the first half on the ground. So this was actually a, a huge step in the right direction. I felt for this Dolphins defense. And then again, that, that shift to playing some zone defense, uh, seeing that with Byron Jones out, uh, Noeg Benogany was overmatched. Uh, Nick Needham was overmatched. They gave themselves a chance by playing a lot more zone in the second half. It's just at the end of the day, you're not going to do the same thing every single play. And then the, the, the couple of times that they got caught where they were in man coverage, look, great, uh, great receivers took advantage and Josh Allen put the ball where it needed to be. And that was the, that was the end of the game. Um, but, there were there were signs there that 
they're figuring things out. Look, you want to see more pass rush? Absolutely. I also think part of it was by design that they were very concerned about just flying off the edge and not setting the edge and leaving Josh Allen these wide lanes to run through. I think that was something that they were concerned about coming into this game. So that was part of it. Now, maybe the next time that they see the Buffalo Bills, uh, they, they come out with a different strategy and they, because I think their strategy in this game was pretty much what happened. I, I think their strategy in this game was make Josh Allen beat you with his arm. Unfortunately, and to the Bills credit and to Josh Allen's credit, that's exactly what Buffalo did is Josh Allen beat them with, with his arm. And sometimes you just got to tip your cap. Now you, you got to do a better job of coverage and you still have to figure out a way to make him a little bit more uncomfortable back there. But I don't think that what the Dolphins were trying to do was so super far from what they actually did. I think they just failed to execute on the back end. And I think, look, look at, look at the way this team started last year. I mean, giving up however many points to, to, to Baltimore and New England back to back and then Dallas and, and the Chargers put up a lot of points on us. Uh, this defense progressively got better as the season went on. Uh, Brian Flores is known for being a teacher. Josh Boyer, who is the defensive coordinator, known for being a teacher. Uh, they've got teachers all over the defensive side of this coaching staff. I believe, I believe that there's, they're going to figure it out. There's just too much talent on that side of the ball. Unfortunately, again, and I, look, you're not going to make excuses because at the end of the day, the other team had as much time to prepare as, as we did. But when you have this many new pieces, and you don't have much of a training camp and you don't get to play those preseason games, it's going to take longer in the actual season for things to gel. This is a rough start to the season. I'm not guaranteeing that it's going to get better. I don't know how anybody could guarantee that it's going to get better. I expected this defense to play better than it has the last two weeks, but I have not lost faith that this will still ultimately be a good defense. Top 10 defense, I'm 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 wobbling a little bit on that, especially if Byron Jones is hurt, if this is any kind of serious injury, uh you know, then uh, I'm not sold on that anymore, but I think it could at least be, you know, maybe a top 15 defense by the end of it. Um I just think there's too much talent back there. Noah Igbenogany was an awful awful day at the office, but the guy's got the physical tools He's got a great head on his shoulders. There's no reason to think that he's just going to get buried because of this. It's a learning experience that a lot of young players have when they come into the league and they get matched up against an elite player. And look, sometimes you just got to take your lumps and that's how you get better in this league. That's the absolute truth. It's he's going to learn from that experience. And listen, the, the fact is he's not going up against Stefan Diggs every week. We know that yeah. for sure. And so and, I think look, he'll I believe, uh, yeah, I think next week you're going to see this defense play a much, much better game. I certainly hope so. And we're going to, we're going to get into that. I guess ultimately the, the big thing here is, listen, we, you're reacting to two games. It's two games at the very beginning of the season, a season that didn't have any preseason games. Two games 
does not a season make. There's still a long way to go. And again, you have to approach it from the mentality of if you were coming into this season thinking that this was a Dolphins team that is going to make the playoffs and, and make a deep run, Listen, I'm not saying that you're wrong necessarily to make to to have that opinion. I just that's not the that's not the way that I was looking at it this year. And on top of it, that's not to say that it's still not going to be possible. The Dolphins have really put themselves behind the eight ball in the AFC, the AFC East with with an 0 and 2 record in the division to start it off. But there's still a long way to go and a lot of improvement that we're going to see. Just remember, again, last season was a worse start than this. And the Dolphins still came back from it and ended up winning uh, five games. They ended up, you know, really turning around and playing better in that second half of the year. I would be surprised if that didn't happen this year. If we get to week 14 and week 15 and this team is still making the same kinds of mistakes and still looking the same defensively as they did in these first couple of games, then there's something to talk about. Then there is a systemic problem with this team. Right now, this is a team that is still making adjustments, still learning their way around and, you know, not to make excuses for them because I'm not making an excuse. They the, the defense was bad and it was completely unacceptable today. But when you lose one of your starting cornerbacks, it take it, there's going to be an adjustment period. And when you're bringing in a rookie cornerback to go up against one of the league's premier wide receivers, that's a very, very tough situation to find yourselves in. Again, not making apologies. The defense was bad. It's unacceptable. It has to get better. But it's not time to turn your back on this organization yet. And if you're one of those people who's like, we're wasting time if two is not in the game, what is the point of putting him out there? What is the point of putting Tua out there right now when there's still so much left to figure out and still so much left for Fitzpatrick to do? I just, I don't know that any of the, either of these first two games is going a different way if Tua is the quarterback, right? We still haven't even seen Tua on the field against NFL opposition. Yes, we, we got, we've now seen Joe Burrow. We've now seen Justin Herbert and both of them have looked reasonably, I, Burrow has looked great. Herbert looked pretty good today in his game. Uh, so there's reason to be optimistic that if Tua gets out there, he's going to do well also. And I'm not saying that Tua shouldn't play at all. It's just not time yet. Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing a great job, and he is the starting quarterback for this team until he loses his job. And nothing in these first, I mean, the week one performance was pretty bad, but again, in this game today, Fitzpatrick did everything that you would have asked him to do. Obviously, the arm strength issue is something that I want to keep an eye on, and we'll see how that goes. But right now, let's let it ride. We're going to let it ride and see how it goes. I got, and, and one last final thought coming out of this game before we turn the page is because of the way that the Dolphins have lost these first two games and because of the excitement coming into this season and now the 0-2 start, you're going to start to hear the the comparison be made. It may be fair, maybe not fair, but it is what it is, to Adam Gase, who made the playoffs in his first year as the Dolphins head coach, and then the next year 
uh, things went south and things have continued to go south for Adam Gase and any co- any team that he's coached. And also Tony Sperano, who also got the Dolphins to the playoffs in his first year as the Dolphins head man. And then things went south. And so Brian Flores now with this team at 0-2, and because he's a defensive coach, he's a coach with a defensive background, the same way Adam Gase was always taken to task when the offense struggled, Brian Flores is going to be taken to task when the defense struggled. And that is absolutely fair. Brian Flores, will, I'm sure, will take that and he'll say, look, I got to do better. We as a staff have to do better. But this is the first time now that the media, the fan base, is really going to be questioning, you know, how good is Brian Flores? Is he as good a head coach as we thought he was? I think right now is the time to be patient, to relax, to understand that we just went up against two very good football teams, two teams that I believe will be in the playoffs uh, come, come January. Check back Thursday night, Friday morning. If we lose to Jacksonville, now it is time to panic. But let's relax. Let's let's show a little patience. Let's show a little faith. And let's check back after the Jacksonville game. God, yeah. And that Jacksonville game is looking a lot different right now than I think either of us expected it to look. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna get into it much more um, once we get to. Um, once we get to our preview show, and I should mention to everybody that we are going to record our preview show this week on Tuesday. So we will have that for you late Tuesday evening and first thing Wednesday morning. The uh, preview show for the Jacksonville game will be available on DolphinsTalk.com and in all of our uh, podcast feeds. So wherever you're subscribed to the show, you will find it Wednesday morning. But when we get into that, yeah, it, that just the overall first thing looking at it is you go, oh, wow, I thought Jacksonville was tanking. And now they're they won their first game. They nearly beat Tennessee today. Jacksonville is not not quite looking like a team that is actively tanking. So uh, we'll just put that out there as a preview of the preview show, which we will get to on Tuesday. But I think that's pretty much going to wrap us up for this one, Brain. Anything anything else on your mind? No, I think that wraps it up. I think right now as a Dolphins fan, I'm sure the players and the coaches probably echo the sentiment that I'm sure they like the fact that they get to go back out there on Thursday because I'm sure they're chomping at the bit to get out there because if we can win that game on Thursday, it it, it almost, look, <laughs> it, it's obviously, it's week three, it's a game against the Jaguars, we're not looking like a playoff team, but it sort of has that feel that the, almost like the season is on the line because if we go 0 and 3 losing that game to Jacksonville all of a sudden it will feel like the sky is falling but if we can stop the bleeding and get a win there all of a sudden we're going to feel a lot better about where this team is going and uh the rest of the the remaining 13 games on the schedule so it almost has like a playoff feel to it so i'm excited to to just get this short turnaround let's get back at it let's get the dolphins in the win column and let's Let's get some more positivity. On the other hand, if they lose that game, 
Oh my god, is it going to be a a bad week. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a, an extended, uh, you know, the sort of the the half bye week because the Dolphins will have played their game on Thursday. If they should drop that game to Jacksonville, there's going to be some unhappy people out there in uh, Dolphin land. But listen, hopefully that doesn't happen, but we'll get to our preview for that game on Tuesday. In the meantime, Brain, where can the people find you? The people can find me, as always, on Twitter, at Aaron the Brain. And I am, of course, at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphins, Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. Give us a like over there. Download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all of you who have uh, taken the time to do that. And, uh, of course, anywhere else that you can find your podcasts, we're there, too. If there's somewhere that you would like to listen to the show and we're not there yet, let us know and we'll do our best to uh, make sure that we are available on that platform. And finally, every episode of The Same Old Dolphin Show is available at DolphinsTalk.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins, so make sure to visit DolphinsTalk.com every single day for new columns, new podcasts, the, the, the hits never stop coming at DolphinsTalk.com. So while the Dolphins might let you down, DolphinsTalk.com never will. How about that? I like it. Yeah. You know, you know, we went through this whole show and we never really said that this was a pretty same old Dolphins kind of loss at the end of the day. It really was. They they looked bad. Then they then they came back. They teased you. And just when things were going great, they they predictably with the game on the line, just folded vintage, vintage, same old dolphins. Well, all right. That's a wrap. That's a wrap for week two. We will see you on Tuesday for the preview show for the game on Thursday night, national TV against the Jaguars. Hopefully the dolphins won't do a dolphins on national TV this Thursday, but we'll talk about that on Tuesday. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got Dolphins, the greatest of all teams. We take the ball from the